What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the return episode of At Large Bid, part of the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. I am Tim Daniel. I am joined today by Parker Fields, formerly Parker the Intern, now Parker staff member. Uh, we are going to be doing our team previews this week for the schools we cover. So we'll have three episodes for all three, uh, one for each school. Kind of just breaking down what we think of each team, how we feel the season will go for them, who we're excited about, what games in the schedule, and how they rank amongst their our conference, and so on and so forth. Uh, Parker, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great, Tim. Uh, excited for basketball to start up. Excited to cover all these teams. Get this podcast yeah. going as well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, really hate that it come back from Walt Disney World. That was pretty brutal. Uh, but I'm here. <laughs> back in Did Kentucky, you... 40 degrees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I was prepared though when I when I came off the off the air, off the uh, airplane. I was already in hoodie and joggers, so I was prepared. I knew. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we're going to do kind of these three schools here. These are the schools will be around the most, uh, Parker, especially once, uh, I have the baby and I am on paternity leave starting in January. Uh, but we're going to start with the Xavier Musketeers, uh, team that has a lot of really interesting dynamics and a really, really, really solid roster. Three man weave. One of my favorite college basketball podcasts had them at number 23 in their top 40. Ken Palm put them at number 39. Um, and I believe, you know, they're not yet in the AP top 25, but they were picked preseason by amongst the big East coaches to finish second, uh, within the conference. So obviously Parker, the biggest thing that jumps out is no more Travis Steele, as this is the beginning of the return of Sean Miller to Xavier after a year off from coaching from leaving Arizona. Uh, Paul Scruggs also gone after five years at Xavier. And coming in, uh, is Sully Boom, who last year played at UTEP, was a really good shooter, averaged about 19.8 points per game. And you also see the same old guys of Adam Kunkel, Colby Jones, Zach Fremantle, Jack Nungy, Jerome Hunter, Kiki Tandy. But also a lot of guys to be excited about, including Desmond Claude, who everyone under the sun is prepping to the moon in excitement. So, Parker, when you look at the Xavier team, what jumps out you to you the most from amongst the roster and the staff? Um, for one thing, like you said, Paul Scruggs is gone. He's been there, I believe, 28 years, I want to say, <laughs> at Xavier, something like that. But um, for me, what jumps out is the freshman class. You know, um, with Cam Craft, he is a great shooter. He's big, much bigger than you think. Uh, me, and, me and you saw him when we were at the TBT, covering the TBT tournament. When you see him on film, he doesn't look that big out there, but the kid's a tall kid, 6'5", 6'6". Um, yeah, and you got Desmond Claude, who we've talked about, very good player, very, very bright future uh, for Xavier. But for me, what stands out is Colby Jones. Um, I'm expecting him to have a huge year this year, a huge leap, and I'm expecting him to jump up on some draft boards after this season. Um, he had a very nice uh, freshman and then uh, built on that into his sophomore season but I'm expecting another huge leap into his junior season where he really takes off and makes a name for himself in the Big East and across the country. Colba Jones and Jack Nungy both named first-team all-preseason Big East, uh, which is really big for them. Uh, yeah, Colby Jones, I think, is a guy that a lot of people have talked about. It's 11-7 last year and his sophomore year. Uh, three, Also three assists was the NIT MVP. Uh, we kind of forgot that they won the NIT last year. Forgot to mention yeah, that's that kind of <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, but 
what really jumps out to me is, you know, guys like Kiki Tandy, who obviously were hurt last year, had a bit of a down year, was really up and down with rotation play. How much does Xavier rely on him as a sharpshooter? We know him fairly well from being in the Kentucky area. Uh, Zach Fremantle, because he bounced back after having a disappointing year last year. Uh, battled injury for a lot of it. Uh, has already had a time where he was removed from practice, was suspended from the team, but looks to have been back uh, with the roster. Uh, and then, you know, Adam Kunkel, can he make a jump? Because he has not shot the way that Xavier has thought he would his first couple of years on, on, on campus. So really, what can they get from these additional role players is something that really jumps out to me. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree with you. You know, Kunkel, all throughout his high school career and at Belmont, the dude was a straight sharpshooter. And so far at Xavier, he's been shooting in the low low 30% from three, and that's just not what you want from him. Now, we do know he has the potential to fill it up at any point. He has had huge games where he went on hot streaks, made five or six threes, and was on fire. But the consistency is the key here. He's going into his fifth college season, and I'd really like to see him be more consistent from three. Um, as well, you talked about Zach Fremantle. He had a really good start to his college career, but last year he kind of fell off a little bit, struggled with injuries, like you said, um, was out indefinitely earlier this year from practice. But as you said, he is back. And I'm just really interested to see what Sean Miller gets out of him because we know the potential's there. We've seen what he can do, but the consistency is what it's all about. And that's just really uh, key for him. If he can be on the floor, we know he can definitely make an, a big impact. Yeah, absolutely. The Jack Nunji, who today was named to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar preseason watch list for the top big man in the country, uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, granted, he's on there with guys like Oscar Shibwe, and so chances are, you know, unfortunately, he's probably <laughs> not going to win it. But to be named on that list for a preseason award with such uh, honor is pretty cool for him. Uh, I think Jack Nunji is going to have another tremendous year. Last year was his crosstown shootout game. It was the Jack Nunji game when he destroyed UC. He was just incredible the whole game. Uh, they did not have an answer for him. So I'm sure with this being, uh, you know, this is a thing where he's hoping he can kind of have a repeat history of that this year in the crosstown. And also just another repeat year of the big season he had last year for the Musketeers, especially now. You know, he's seen how Sean uses big men. He's put big men in the NBA, uh, that being Sean Miller. So, I don't know if Jack Nunji is necessarily an NBA player by any means, but I think Jack Nunji is going to be awesome this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, big man that comes to mind right away, DeAndre Ayton. He doesn't have DeAndre Ayton's God-given talents, no, but uh, Sean Miller really utilized him in that Arizona offense, and I really think that Nunji could be the key focal point from this offense. And like I said with Fremantle, I think Sean Miller is really going to want to attack inside and feed his big man down low. And that could really benefit those two in that offense. Yeah, I agree. So like we said, you know, this team has did win the NIT last year. They're looking to get back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018. Uh, let's look real quick at their schedule. Uh, I want to try to talk about some games that are really exciting to me. And obviously, you know, there's always the Crosstown shootout each and every year. Uh, it's, you know, my favorite game of the year to cover. But other than that, you know, they've got Indiana at home uh, on Friday, November 18th. That's going to be a really huge game. Uh, right now, Ken Palm has Indiana projected to win that 71-70. Indiana's going to be really good this year. And then in the PK-85, they will be start opening up against the Florida Gators, uh, who a lot of people were expecting to have a big bounce back. Gators also at 35 on Ken Palm. Xavier did beat Florida last year in the second round of the NIT uh, on their way to winning that NIT championship. Then you have West Virginia, Bob Huggins' first game back in Cincinnati. 
So that's going to be a really exciting night at the Cintas Center. I love that it's a home game on a Saturday night. It's going to be electric. It's the week before Crosstown at that. And I really like their non-conference schedule. Uh, what do you kind of think about how the non-conference plays out for them? Um, I think it's a good mix for them between they got a lot of low major uh, uh, Division One schools with some very high major, very high uh, uh, potential teams they're going to play. Um, like we all know in uh, that tournament, they could play Duke. They could play Duke in there, could have some really, really tough teams they have to play in there. And I think they could, in this non-conference schedule, definitely being ranked in the top 25 by the AP polls and by the coaches' polls if they come in and take care of business and win uh, a good amount of their games and just lose one or two games. And I definitely could see that potential out of this Xavier squad this year because I am thinking the Xavier team will improve on what they did uh, during the Travis Steele era for sure. Yeah, I think so too. And then you look at uh, conference play, obviously. Uh, the Big East looking to have kind of a nice big comeback. Villanova, obviously, what's life like without Jay Wright now as they move forward? Uh, Creighton, obviously, expect to have a big year. UConn, expect to have a big year. Uh, St. John's, expect to kind of make a big comeback. And then Xavier and Seton Hall, kind of there in the mix as well. So this is really a conference that has a, the possibility of six teams potentially making it, but I could definitely see Xavier being in that mix. Yeah, I completely agree with you. One big thing I'm looking for from Xavier this year is more shot creation out of players on the wing. That is one thing I believe they have struggled with in recent years. Um, just not a lot of like five seconds on the shot clock, go get a shot for you. Because a lot of times it's Kunkel is their best shot creator for that on the wing. Because um, Paul Scruggs wasn't the best off the dribble jump shooter and everything. And I just think Xavier definitely uh, in their next – couple recruiting classes and moving forward they just need to go out and get uh more shot creation because that is one thing i think they have struggled with in recent years is just somebody to go get a bucket when the play breaks down and you can't rely on your offense anymore yeah i completely agree i think that that's a really really interesting dynamic for this team it's something they definitely had to improve on i really kind of want to see if they could just put a full season together uh if you saw during the steel era you know they would have really really great you know they would either be his first year, they were really bad to start the year and got really good towards the stretch, almost sneaking into the tournament. Uh, his second year, they had a really, really awesome non-conference and then struggled quite a bit in the conference. And, of course, losing in the first round to DePaul right before this, uh, the tournament gets shut down. Uh, there's a lot of belief that they feel they would have made the tournament that year. I don't necessarily see it. At 2021, you know, again, have a really, really good start to the year, struggle in Big East play, and then last year just have an unacceptable, tough, brutal February where they lose – uh, you know, six of eight, and that kind of shifts them right to the NIT. So, can this team put a full year together? Is going to be the biggest question. On monks, on top of you know, what does Sean Miller bring from the house? He improved to them because, really, in hindsight, minus a couple guys here and there, it's really kind of the same roster from last season. Uh, you know, we, we've gone through the guys already, so there's a guy like uh, familiar names there, but you know, with Sean being there, can he? unlock what this team has missed because talent was never the issue with them whatsoever but can he find a way to bring in what has been missing from them these past few seasons since Chris Mack left yeah I think he can and the problem with Travis Steele in my opinion just personal opinion I think he was a great guy I think his players really liked him and everything I just think he didn't throughout the season keep that same sense of urgency as he had them coming into the year with and I just felt like players would lose focus towards the middle of the season because watching Xavier in February, like you said last year, was rough to watch. Like, um, 
I'm openly Kentucky's my favorite team, but Xavier's definitely my second favorite college basketball team, and I watch a lot of their games. And watching some of their games last year was just it, it was rough sometimes in February because they just never seemed like they were always locked in. They were just a lot of mental mistakes that you shouldn't be seeing from a college team, especially in the time where you know each loss counts towards you not making the tournament and. I just would like to see focus from this team uh, more throughout the year, and I think Sean Miller can definitely uh, keep the team more focused because he'll chew you out if <laughs> if you're not focused out there and everything, and I think he'll do a better job of keeping them locked in through all 30-something games this season. Yeah, I think they'll need it. Um, I'm really curious, too. Uh, so we've talked about Desmond Claw, We talked about Cam Kraft. What about, you know, what additional things do they get? You know, what additional players step up and help them out? Uh, Elijah Tucker, who redshirted last year, didn't play at all. You know, does he get any minutes for this for this team? Uh, Cesar Edwards, who uh, has a lot, has a huge fan base. Cesar Mania is a big deal among Xavier fans. Um, I know he had like one one shot in the Vanderbilt game of the NIT. It was a big three that he made, and really kind of helped the team win. And then you know another local kid we know pretty well, Deontay Miles, who uh, has kind of been in and out, up was up and down during his Xavier career as well. Started last year at Ohio State and guarded E.G. Liddell fairly decently, honestly. Played pretty well. Uh, we knew he was a big-time shot blocker in his high school days. But, you know, can either of these guys break the rotation? How do they step up and help this team, uh, especially playing in a, a big East as a ton of really, really talented bigs? Uh, I could definitely see Miles stepping up this year and playing some minutes in the rotation from those guys. Um, Miles, the one thing he has lacked definitely is a polished offensive game. I think that's, there's no question about that. He does bring rim protection, but his offensive game just hasn't been that polished. And if Nunji, you know, if he gets in foul trouble, Miles is going to have to step in there and come to play. And Great point. I hope he definitely made some progression over the offseason, you know, put on some muscle, hopefully, because that's definitely one of his weaknesses in his game. But the dude's a freak athlete. He can protect the rim well. And I feel like if he can just uh, rim run for them and just catch some lob, catch a lob or two, he definitely could be a key contributor for this team and be the backup center, in my opinion, of those guys you mentioned. He's the one I could see the most uh, contributing. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. All right, man. Well, we're kind of getting towards the end of the conversation here, but let's kind of go through real quick and discuss a few more quick quick tips before we wrap this one up. Uh, game on the schedule you're most excited for, not counting Cincinnati? Uh, the Indiana game, no no question about that. Trace Jackson Davis <laughs> coming, <laughs> coming to the Centos Center. That's going to be awesome. Um, Indiana has pretty much their whole team back just about – most of their team at least, and they had a pretty decent season last year, um, made a decent run, but uh, they're just looking really good this year, and I think this is going to be the best Indiana team since the Oladipo years, so I'm expecting a big season out of Indiana, and I'm expecting a bounce-back season from Xavier, so I think that's going to be a showdown in the Centos Center, and that's definitely the biggest game for me to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think that the the freshmen that Indiana's bringing in are really exciting. Guys like Caleb Banks, CJ Gunn are really excited players to be pumped about. Um, obviously, Jalen Hutchinson is likely going to be their number their starting two on this team. He's going to be awesome. But yeah, like you said, uh, bringing back Trace Jackson Davis, bringing back Xavier Johnson. That you know that's going to be a really good basketball team. I am excited for that. It's going to be a cool environment when every time you have a big school like that come to Centos to play. Is always fun. Uh, we got to see a lot of that last year with the NIT when Florida came in. Uh, that was pretty cool. 
So it's always a fun atmosphere. And then uh, I'll say West Virginia as well. Obviously, I know that's kind of being discussed a lot. It's Bob Huggins returned to Cincinnati. It would be a re- little cooler if McNeil was still there. It would be just a little cooler because I'd be high yeah. school teammates going at it. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, and this West Virginia team, I don't really know what to expect from them. Um, I, you know, I thought last year they would be much better than they were, obviously losing a lot of guys. And like you said, uh, they lose a lot of talent this year as well. Ken Palm currently has Xavier winning that game by seven. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic. West Virginia's got, you know, playing in the Big 12. Their non-conference is pretty tough too. Pitt, Penn, Purdue, UAB, uh, and then, you know, before they start conference play. So I'm excited about both those. I think they're going to be fun atmospheres. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Both of those games are going to be super fun to watch. Um, the Centos will be rocking. That's definitely one of the best arenas in college basketball, in my opinion. Uh, it's a really cool experience. And hopefully Xavier puts on a show in those two games. Hopefully. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, they have so Ken Palm and Xavier winning against West Virginia by seven and losing to Indiana by one. By, by one. Interesting enough, they have Xavier losing to Cincinnati this year at Cincinnati by three. I, uh, we will get into that in the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I have, you know, as far as what that team's going to look like, but awesome. Um, all right. Who leads the Xavier Musketeers in scoring this year? I'm going to go Colby Jones over Jack Nungy. I'm going to go Colby Jones. Yeah, but it'll be I close. Think- I think they're going to be within like a point or two. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, those two are obviously going to be big parts of the uh, best expectations for Sully Boom this year. Um, if he can come in and give you good rotational minutes, play 20 or so minutes a game and just, you know, be a nice three and D guy, then I'd be happy. Yeah. I mean, he was a big time player last year at UAB. I mean, but uh, it's just, it's had... a, it's a different level. It really, you saw with Kunkel, it is a different level, but if he can come in and give a good rotational piece in the big East, then that, that would definitely be huge. Yeah. He was a 19, four and a half and three guy last year. Also averaged really good perimeter defense with well, nearly two steals a game. All right, last question before we wrap this episode up. Does Xavier Musketeers break the streak? Do they make the NCAA tournament this year? I'm going to go with yes as an 11 seed. That's my pick. They've been they an 11 just squeak seed, in. The, they've been an 11 seed and gone to the Elite Eight before, including oh, yeah. Sean Miller. So. The 11 seeds are always dangerous. I just I think they're just going to squeak in. I don't think they're going to have a dominant season by any means, but I think they're going to do enough to get in. Yeah, I th- I think so too. I think they're going to have a, you know, I think they're going to have a fun year. Uh, I think they're going to have a show like how talented they are. And that's going to make them a really, really a, a blast to watch. So I'm excited for that, man. That's perfect. Well, that wraps up episode one of the team previews. Our next episode will be the Cincinnati Bearcats, who have a lot of excitement heading their way with year two of West Miller and the final year of the American Athletic Conference. So, Parker, this was fun, and can't wait to talk with you on episode two. Yep, see ya.